hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. Glad you could join me today. Last week, the market took a little breather from its eight-week run. I guess when you go that far, you need to take a break every once in a while, right? The Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, well, they were all down after hitting new highs earlier in the week, and you had fewer stocks and fewer sectors participating. Things seem to me like they're getting a little overcooked here in the short term. And I always like to look at the sentiment indicators and I look at them as contrary indicators, meaning you should do the opposite of what they're telling you to do when they're at extremes. So be like George Casanza, do the opposite. One of the ones I look at is investors intelligence. I call it the II. II is an indicator that looks at opinions of Wall Street's newsletters. According to II, 64% of advisors are in bullish mode. That's the highest since 1987. And the percentage of bears is at the lowest level since mid-2015. And if you remember correctly, we had a short-lived correction there, about 13% from August to September of 2015. Another one I look at is the AAII, the American Association of Individual Investors. Great folks. They do great work. The score here was the bulls 45.1% versus the bears at 23.1%. Now, when you have twice as many bulls as bears, well, that should be a warning sign. So we're pretty darn close. And this isn't just Wall Street we're talking about here. It's Main Street too. Consumer confidence is at the highest level in 17 years. Now, I've learned over the years that when everyone is thinking one way, it's best to be more cautious. No, I'm not saying run for the hills, but don't throw caution to the wind either. Don't go chasing stocks because you might feel like you're missing out on something. My guess is, and I'll tell you, I'm a terrible guesser, but my guess is, is that we have a bit of a pause here. If we do get a modest setback, and that's that's what you say in polite company when you mean correction. If we do have a modest setback, I think it should be bought. We just had back-to-back 3% GDP quarters, and I would guess that we get close to 4% for the next couple of quarters. So from an economic perspective, things are looking pretty good. And it's not just here in the U.S. of A, but it's also worldwide. Economies are growing. Estimates for global GDP are rising. They've gone from 2.6 to 3.2% this year and from 28 to 3% for next year, despite many of the major central banks moving away from their accommodative policies. Now, what's interesting to me is that industrial production overseas is expanding at nearly three times the rate that it is here. And that suggests that foreign demand will drag us higher. 
Now, that's good news for all you large cap stock investors because 43% of S&P 500 sales, well, they come from outside the U.S. That was last year. I'm still favoring more of the smaller mid-cap type stocks. And that's just because I'm finding more value there. That's where I can find the values. Let's talk about what's happening at home. We're wrapping up third quarter earnings. And they've been impressive. We've had just over 90% of the S&P reporting. And 72% have beat expectations, which is above the long-term average of 68%. Those are earnings. On the revenue front, 67% beat expectations versus the long-term average of 55%. Those are great numbers. But keep in mind, for things to be sustainable, you can't just have bottom lines uh, earnings growth, but you also need top line revenue growth. And you know what? Well, we have both. Now, folks, the reality is, earnings growth can't continue at the rate that they are. It's going to have to slow down a bit, but the low teens in my mind is a real possibility. I've said it before. We can get a five or 10% garden variety type correction at any time, but looking out over the next year, I can't help but being optimistic. Seek out value. Be cheap like me. Look for really good businesses that have good fundamentals. They're run by competent management and don't overpay for them. Give yourself a good margin of safety and be patient. Patience is the key. If you're impatient, well, that leads to making big mistakes. If you're one of the millions who want a new iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, I'm not real sure what you call it, but we'll call it the X. If you want a new iPhone X, but you don't want to wait three to four weeks to get one, well, heck, you can go on eBay and buy one now. I see someone is selling one for $99,999. Of course, that thing's never going to sell, but most of the ones that are offered there at what you might say is a reasonable price, well, they're about two to $300 more than the list price of a new one that you can get directly from Apple. Now do the math. That's $100 a week you could save yourself just by being patient. Just like in the market, you got to be patient. And I'm sure the phone that you have is going to carry you over until Apple can send you, you your new X in about three weeks or so. So be patient. Let me give you a stock right now that you can do your work on. You always need to do your own work. You need to dig in there, do your research, make sure whatever we're talking about is appropriate for you. You just don't go out and buy something because you read it in a magazine, you heard it on the podcast or what have you. You know the drill. Do your own research. Stock I want to talk about, symbol S-Y-F, synchrony talked about it before. It's trading around $32, paying a little less than a 2% dividend. It's one that Warren Buffett owns, Seth Carmen uh, owns. Berkshire right now owns about 17.5 million shares. Balpost, which is Klarman's fund, owns over 29 million shares. Now, the stock trades at about 10 times next year's earnings guess, which is way below the current market valuation. You know that. 
probably about half of what the market is trading at. Now, Synchrony was spun off from GE in 2015, and we'll talk about GE in just a couple of minutes. And they're the largest provider of private label credit cards in the U.S. For example, if you go to Walmart or a Sam's Club or if you have a BP gas card, well, you have a Synchrony card. The retailer that offers these cards typically offer perks for shopping in their stores and using their cards. The benefit to the retailer is that they avoid the fees that regular credit cards charge and they're able to gather all that shopping data on you. So it helps them in marketing. In general, consumers are trending away or trending away from cash transactions to cashless transactions. And this has been going on for a while. You're using your debit card or your credit card. And the use of specialty cards, as I call them, are growing faster than general cards. For instance, last year, U.S. retail sales grew at about 4%, but spending using synchrony cards grew at 9%. So far for this year, we're seeing 6% year-over-year growth, including an 18% growth in online and mobile purchases. Now, they also make loans to consumers to make these big-ticket purchases like cars. Think of them as an online bank. As a matter of fact, they make most of their money on the interest from outstanding loan balances and loan receivables are growing at around 11% year over year. The company charges higher interest rates compared to traditional credit card companies, but that's because its customers tend to have worse credit. Of course, on the other side to that is they have more people who don't pay them back also. You really need to, my point here is you really need to keep your eye on credit quality with this one. Defaults over the last few quarters have been rising. And when that happens, the company needs to set aside extra cash to cover for it. So it acts like a double whammy against earnings here. It's just the nature of their business model. So the last couple of quarters hasn't been great for Synchrony. The decline in the loan portfolio was expected, though, and that's why it trades at 10 times earnings. Given the low expectations, if the loan portfolio, if the quality improves in the upcoming quarters, you could see an uptick in the earnings multiple. I think this one is a buy under 32. Let's take a quick break so you can check out the iPhones on eBay. And when we come back, we'll talk about two stocks, one I like and one, well, not so much. This is Eric Whiteman. We are back in a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. 
Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a question on General Electric, symbol GE. And if you have a question, you can email us. We'll try to answer it on the show. It's podcast at xmlfg.com. Once again, it's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. And I told you at that time that I'd follow up after the new CEO laid out his plans for the future. And they did. Now, there's a lot going on with GE. On Monday, they came out and they cut the dividend in half. And they lowered their earnings guidance for next year. Now, when I step back and I look at General Electric and see the new dividend rate, I see it, well, it's above the S&P 500. But you know what? That's not good enough. I'm still guessing that they earn maybe a dollar next year, which, if I'm right, has them trading at about 19 to 20 times next year's earnings. And that's with a dividend that probably won't be raised in the near future. Now, even though I like the industrials at this point in the cycle, I think GE is just way too expensive because I don't have the clarity that I need in order to make an investment. It's still way too complicated, so I'm not a buyer here. It wouldn't surprise me one bit to see the market hang a multiple of 16 on this stock, 16 times earnings. And you might continue to see selling pressure on the stock as people look to get rid of their losers to offset their winners at the end of the year. There are a lot more winners this year and not enough losers to go around. I'm not a buyer of GE. I am excited here because Home Depot, symbol HD, reported earnings. You know uh, Home Depot. They're the largest home improvement retailer. And I hate retailers in general, but I do like the home improvement retailers. Anyway, Home Depot beat on the top and bottom line. They crushed same-store sales. They were up 8%. Earnings year over year were up 10%. It was a really, really good quarter for them. I like Home Depot, but you know what? I like Lowe's more because of the valuation. Lowe's reports next week's goes by symbol LOW, trades around $77, excuse me, and pays a better than 2% dividend. Now, I expect them to earn close to $5.15 next year, which puts them trading at about 14 to 15 times next year's earnings. And that's a big discount to where Home Depot is trading at. That's the main reason why I like them. Earnings growth at Lowe's has been, over the last 10 years, has averaged 7% per year. And over the last five years, earnings have been growing at better than 18% per year on average. They're actually generating more free cash flow than reported earnings. And they're trading at about 10 times free cash flow. This is the kind of company I want to own, one that's making a lot of money. And Lowe's is taking that money that they're earning and they're returning it back to shareholders like myself because I own the stock. First, they're paying a dividend, which I said is just over 2% at this point. 
And they've been paying an increasing dividend for the past 55 years. According to Value Line, they've increased the dividend on average 20% per year for the last five years. They've also bought back a whole lot of stock. They've reduced their share count by almost 25% over the last five years. This is all great stuff. Value line gives them a two for safety, an A plus for balance sheet, which is the highest you can get. And the balance sheet is important. There's no doubt about it. They get a hundred for earnings predictability. This is a really good company and it's trading at about the cheapest it has for the last 15 years. Now, the reason it's so cheap is because they've had some missteps over the last couple of quarters. But if management gets things straightened out over the next few quarters, I think you could see the lows close that valuation gap between themselves and Home Depot. I've moved up my price line here a bit over the last couple of months. So I'm a buyer under 78. It's one, like I said, I own it and one that I think you might want to take a look at for yourself. Now, that's all we have time for this week. We'll be back next week with new ideas. And if you have something you want us to address, just let us know. It's podcast at XMLFG. And remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.